So this um, story that I was thinking about earlier today um, kind of fits in this weird time, just like this weird time now that I met you probably. Not even dressed up in your Sunday best for Easter morning. You're probably wearing your PJs in front of the TV. Um, just kind of reminds me of how weird of a time we live in. But this weird time uh, that Jesus and his disciples uh, found themselves in, um, uh, they found themselves in this room, right? The upper room where we just celebrated Passover. And um, Passover uh, happened just like Jesus had predicted and planned. He sent Peter and Jay John out in front to go find the room. Um, they all met there in this room and they ate the meal. They laughed. And then things kind of took this little sober turn with some questions, and uh, Jesus answered these questions and started talking about his death, something that the disciples wouldn't have understood at the time because Jesus talked about it all the time. Um, but then this room, it, it transitions into something different because the disciples are grappling with the fact that their friend and their mentor, their, their rabbi and their teacher is dead. He was tried and convicted for something that he didn't do. And they find themselves in this room with these same fears because they don't know. They think they're next. So the same room that once had a meal and friendship now is a place where the disciples probably haven't eaten for 72 hours. They haven't had a meal. And they're wondering, are we next? So they've locked the door. They've held out. They've, they've left everything by themselves. They, they now are consoling and, and treating each other with uh, respect because they're all afraid for what's next because they don't know. See, I bet if you came into my house, you'd look around and you'd see all these, these things and stuff that I've got hanging, and it's all memories. You know, like here in my kitchen, I, I remember when we first moved in and we baked the, the batch of cookies um, when the fall colors were changing and that crispness in the air just smelled different. Uh, we had the windows open. Um, oh, I, I remember um, dancing with my kids uh, here in the kitchen while the music's going and we're cooking dinner. Um, I remember eating dinner here uh, with all, all the family. And um, yeah, I bet if we went into your house, you'd probably have those same memories where things would just fill your mind. No matter what room you went into, you'd know of the memories. See, the disciples, they're, they're faced with the same thing. They're, they're in this room, and it's filled with memories of, of them eating. And they remember Judas getting up and leaving abruptly in the most important night of the year. They don't know what's going on. Now these memories are being filled with sadness and, and sorrow. But something happens. Something crazy happens. Jesus just appears right there with the disciples. They, they don't understand. And now all of a sudden, Jesus is just standing there in their room. The same room that they were celebrating in that turned to sorrow. Jesus now is there. It's kind of interesting. You know, when this whole thing is all over, um, we're not going to remember all the craziness. We're going to remember bits and pieces. We're going to remember the inconvenience that this has placed on us. We're going to remember uh, way too many Zoom meetings that we feel are unnecessary. We're going to remember uh, our kids in the background laughing or the dogs barking in the middle, or in my case, um, a smoke detector going off in the middle of a Zoom meeting. And we're going to laugh about that. We're going to laugh about not having toilet paper, because why? 
Why is that the thing? We're going to remember all those things. In fact, if you're like mine, you're going to re- your kids are also going to remember going out in the backyard and howling with everybody at 8 p.m. And if you're my kids, you're going to remember the neighbor across the fence mooing instead of howling. It's just going to be things like that. But I think the focus, the main thing we're going to remember is that no matter where we are, no matter what room we're locked in, quarantine or not, social distancing or not, Jesus met us. He came right into the situation, just like he did with the disciples. He appeared at the right time with the right message. See, when he shows up, he says, peace be with you. Don't worry. Don't cry. I'm here. I think that's what we're going to focus on, is the fact that behind our doors, Jesus showed up to be right where we're at. There is a story in the Bible where Jesus goes to where his disciples were. But the story doesn't start there. It actually starts the day before when Jesus went to where a bunch of people were. And maybe you know this story. It's, it's the story of the, the fish and the loaves and the thousands of people that were fed. And so Jesus goes and there's thousands of people that are coming around him because of his teaching, because of who he is. And all the disciples are like, how are we supposed to feed him? And we see this miraculous thing happen where thousands of people are fed with just a couple of loaves and a couple of fish. And what a great day. And the disciples are so tired. And I imagine Jesus is so tired. And so Jesus sends the disciples away. And right after he met people where they were at with their physical needs, he met them where they were at. He sends the disciples away and they go out on a boat. And in this story, Jesus goes to the mountainside and on this mountainside, he's praying and the disciples are out on the lake and it's nighttime. The the waves are crazy big and crashing and the disciples are out there. And about three in the morning, the Bible says Jesus knew where the disciples were and he went to them. Different though. I mean, He has no boat, so he starts walking on the water to where the disciples were. So the disciples are out there, and it's like 3 in the morning, so sun's not quite coming up, and they see see Jesus coming, but they don't know it's Jesus. They think, is that a ghost? Like, what's what's going on? Who is this? And as, as he gets closer... They start realizing it's Jesus and different portions of the Bible and Matthew and Mark kind of give different accounts of, of this story exactly. And in, in one of the accounts, it's Peter starts getting terrified and calls out to Jesus. And, and Jesus says, come out and see me. And, and Peter jumps in the water and, and starts walking towards him and then takes his eye off him and kind of begins sinking. And Jesus says, hold up and keep your eye on me. And But the thing that I think is incredible, as Jesus knew where they were at, they were out on the water. They were struggling with the night. They were struggling in the darkness. Jesus knew where they were at, and he went out to them. Just like he knew where all these people were the day before, and he spoke to them in their soul, and he also spoke to them with physical, tangible food, and he met them where they were at. But listen to this. When he goes out in the boat to them, He says this because they're scared. He's coming to them. They don't know who he is. And he says this, take heart. It is I. Don't be afraid. And he got into the boat with them. And it says this, the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded. 
and they did not understand about what had happened that day. I like how the Bible says they were utterly astounded. Jesus said, take heart, it is me. Don't be afraid. As he went to where they were at. And so for you and me, it may not be that we need to be fed a thousand loaves in one day. It may not be that we are on the ocean just absolutely terrified because Jesus is coming. The point, I think, is this. Jesus knew where they were at, just like he knows where we're at. And he has come to us just as we are. And he says, take heart. It's I. Don't be scared. There's this amazing story in the Gospels. We find it in John chapter 8 about a woman who is caught in adultery. Imagine yourself being that woman. It's important for us to try to put ourselves into the stories to really understand the heart of what's happening. So this woman has the shock, first of all, of being discovered in her sin. And then she's being dragged out of her house by a crowd of people. You've got screaming, words of judgment, religious shame. Maybe she's being hit. Maybe she doesn't have any clothes on. Maybe she's got partially clothes. Maybe they're torn. But they drag her to the temple so that she can deal with Jesus. And they bring her into the temple and they throw her at the feet of Jesus. Now imagine what's going on in this woman's mind. She's heard all of these words and now she's laying flat on the temple. And out of the top of her eyes, she begins to see the feet of Jesus walk towards her. She's probably thinking, oh, here we go. More religious shame, more guilt. What's he going to say? He's probably going to order my death. She can see people picking up rocks. They want to stone her to death. And then Jesus does the unexpected. He doesn't treat her the way she thinks he should. Instead of shame, she receives forgiveness. Instead of guilt, she receives love. And Jesus meets her where she's at in the midst of all of this crowd and instead of joining the crowd, he stands up to the crowd. Instead of cursing her, he defends her. It's an amazing story. Because right there in the midst of her pain, in the midst of her heart, in the midst of the shame, Jesus gives her love, forgiveness. He welcomes her back into the family and he loves her. Wherever you're at in your story today, wherever you're at in your life, whatever things that you are ashamed of, maybe religious people have given you guilt over, that's not Jesus. Jesus won't treat you that way. Jesus is going to love you. So he wants to meet you right where you're at. And he's gonna do the unexpected. He's gonna give you love, not shame, forgiveness, not guilt. And he's gonna welcome you into the family. So I want to encourage you to allow Jesus to meet you where you are at in that situation and welcome you back into the family and love you the way only he can. A friend of mine, when things look bleak and they look dark, he often says, he's not always there when you call, but he's always on time. And whenever I hear him say this, I always think of the story of Lazarus. 
Lazarus was a friend of Jesus's, and he lived in a town called Bethany. And he had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And at some point in Lazarus's life, he becomes very sick and his sisters send a message to Jesus and they ask him to come and come and heal their brother. And Jesus doesn't come right away. He waits. And at some point he decides he's going to Bethany to see Lazarus. And on the way there, he tells his disciples that Lazarus is dead. And he says, for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will truly believe. And when he arrives in Bethany, he is confronted by Martha. And when Jesus sees Martha, he says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And then he asks her a really important question. Jesus asks Martha, do you believe this, Martha? And she answers, yes. She believes that Jesus is the Messiah and that he was sent by God into the world And when the other sister, Mary, sees Jesus, she falls at his feet. And she says, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would still be alive. But Jesus says to them, let's go to the grave. Let's go where Lazarus is buried. And so they go to the tomb. And when they arrive at the tomb, it's just a cave in in a wall and there's a stone rolled in front of it. And Jesus says, roll the stone away. And Martha says, Jesus, he's been dead for four days. He's gone. His body's already starting to rot. And Jesus tells them to roll the stone away. And they roll the stone away. And Jesus is staring into that darkness where Lazarus is, where his friend is in that darkness. And he calls out to Lazarus. He says, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus comes out of the darkness into new life, into a resurrection. He's wearing the clothes that he was buried in, but now he's alive. And oftentimes I find myself in my own life sitting in the darkness crying out to Jesus and asking Jesus, when is, are you going to come for me? Jesus, come save me. And in those moments, I have to be patient. I have to remember that Jesus is coming for me, but not too soon and not too late. Because if Jesus would have come to Lazarus when Mary and Martha first reached out to Jesus. He would have came and he would have healed Lazarus as a sick man. But when he showed up, when he showed up, he raised a man from the dead and he showed us that he is the resurrection and the life. And anyone who believes in him, even if he dies, will never die, will go on living. And that's a much better story. So I have to remind myself in my own life 
that sometimes I need to sit patiently in the darkness and wait for Jesus to call me out of the darkness because he's not always there when I call, but he's always on time. 